0: Hi, you're listening to the Hope Church Sermon Podcast. At Hope, our mission is to help people know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Now, join us as we listen in on a sermon from last Sunday. It is our hope that you feel God's love stronger today than ever before.
1: Come on, anybody have an imperfect family here? Anybody have an imperfect family speaking of imperfect families i thought an imperfect family would teach us today <laughs> so i got me and you up here diana welcome hey can you guys thank diana for all that she does <clears throat> all the serving i was on the front row and i was just thinking man diana has done such a good job at shaping the worship culture in our church and um one time i walked out if you're visiting today for the first time which you know, we're glad you're here but one time i walked out and they were like man that was someone walking i Man, that was a really really good message today and I was like, yeah, I know. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. They go, no, the one that your wife did between the two songs. So I'm used to it. So um, <clears throat> I'm used to Dinah being better than me. Um, you're like, man, you brought her up there on stage with you. It's really going to shine out how much awesomer she is compared to you next to you. Are we fighting over this right now? Yeah. Um, thank you for this. Dinah bought me this gift right here. This is, I'm a, I like gifts. Yes. I like gifts, and I cannot lie. She bought this for me. So thank you for this gift. Yes. I'm going to give it a try, right? I'm going to try to use it for the right. first time in real time with everybody, okay?
0: Right. Let us know how it goes.
1: I'm going to let you know. We're going to do, do this together. Hey, we've been in a series um, called Imperfect Family, and, um, and we want you to know that in this house, if you're like, dang, man, my family's screwed up, like, you're in a good spot. Like, because every family, every single family is imperfect. There isn't a single family in the room here today that's perfect or even resembles perfect. The only perfect person to ever live. Was a person. His name was Jesus. He was also God of the universe. And so, um, there are no perfect families. There are no perfect families, and the reason why there are no perfect families, number two, is because there are no perfect people. There are no perfect people, and so there are no perfect families. There are no perfect people, and um, but we can build our life on this foundation, this truth that we found at last two weeks ago. I want to read to you again. The Bible says in Matthew chapter seven, verse twenty-four: Anyone who listens to to God's teaching and follows it's a wise person. It's like a wise. It's like a person who builds her house on a solid rock. You would, if you're building a house, you've ever built a house before, you've built that house on a solid foundation. It makes sense to build your house on a solid foundation. The Bible says when the rains come in torrents and the flood floodwaters flood rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's built. On a bedrock or on a solid foundation so on this series we're really and every every series we've ever preached at this church we're really but we really believe that the best way uh, to live your life and the best way to do anything in life is to use scripture and to build your life on the gospel and on the good news of jesus and the bible and so um, we've been looking at um, scripture all throughout this series and we're going to look at some more today to help us build um, to build our families
0: yes yeah, so two weeks ago you did a great message on marriage. Can Thank you Can we just honor so our pastor because he's so good. Every week he gets up here and, and does this. Whenever I have to do it with him, I'm like, oh, a couple times a year, I'm like, how do you do this every week? But somehow we managed to do this together. That in itself, we are a house of miracles, okay? We yeah. are a house We we Every miracles. time we write a
1: message together, we fight less and less when we write yeah. the message. We should We're,
0: do more. No, just kidding. No,
1: our, um, our marriage cannot handle that much yeah. more tension. Like just couple times a year, I feel like it's just the right, there's always a right number. Yes. It's like two's plenty. Yes.
0: Well, so we did talk about marriage two weeks ago. Um, I know we just burst some of your bubbles by letting you know there's no perfect people. So if that's all you take home today, just remember you're not perfect, okay? But today we're going to talk about Family. Okay. Don't have a panic attack. It's okay. We're, everyone take a deep breath. We're going to make it through it. Some of you are sitting next to family members going, I'm going to move seats now, but don't do it. Okay. That'll make it really awkward. Um, but Google says the function of, okay, this is Google. Okay. The, the God of all gods, you know what I'm saying? Just kidding. Um, Google says uh, the function, the, the function of the family is they bear the primary responsibility for the education and socialization of children, as well as instilling values of citizenship and belonging in the society. This is no matter, this is just families in general. So I would say that the function of the family, if we're, we're instilling values into these kids, it is a very important function. And whether you're in here today with kids or not, you were part of a family. And in this church, we are all a family. We're going to talk about that in a minute. And so we all have a part to play, but there's two essential elements of family. That is marriage to make the family. And then parenthood and marriage is like I was talking about earlier. That is the picture of, of Jesus in the church. And the, the we are the bride of Christ. And so He gives us that picture on earth. And then parenthood should offer us a picture of God's tenderness and patience towards us. Come on, parents, do you need to have some tenderness and patience sometimes? God did it for you. And so these are just two pictures, pictures that we that He's given us on earth. And so, um, Family does more than just reflect God's character. It, sh- it should provide a safe place where children can experience God's love through, through your parents and through f- other family members and learn how to love other people. It's our job to teach our kids how to love other people. And I think maybe we need a little bit of help with that if I'm looking at today's culture um, even Christ was born into a family, right? In Luke, it says that J- Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and men while he was being raised with Mary and Joseph. He came to earth and, and was born into a family. He had to submit. He had to honor and obey his parents just like we had to do. And so we're all part of a family, right? Whether you're born into the one you're in or you maybe you're adopted this morning, you didn't really get to choose that family, okay? We know that. Some of us may would have been like, uh, if we could have a redo. But you can't. Yeah, I okay? have six
1: siblings. I would, re- I would choose to remove a couple of them out of the way. <laughs> don't <laughs> okay. name any
0: names, okay, no names. Um, but you don't really get to choose the family that you're born into or, or that you were adopted into. But you do get to choose your church family, right? You get to choose your church family. Or some of us have friends that have become family. Those are families that we get to choose. And I would say those are just as important. As family in this church, some of you have become uncles and aunts and grandmas and grandpas to some kids who needed some uncles and aunts and grandmas and grandpas in this church. I don't know about you guys, but in and I would say this probably more on your side of the family than mine.
1: Don't talk about my family.
0: The um the aunts and uncles on his side of the family, they're like, Oh, we gonna spank your kids. If they're at our house, we're spanking a Mine are kinda like, ah, I'm not sure. And I'm like, Mom, spank them, you spanked me, you know.
1: And also if my kids are at your house and they're about to wear their tails yes, out. yes. Just wear them out.
0: Okay, so so in this church, where I'm not telling you to go spank someone else's kid in this church, okay? Do not, go, do not go, do not go to the, street. do not go to the Hope Kids Room and say, "Come here, I need, I don't care whose kid you know," but in this church. We are all part of this church family. And so we, this is a village. Some of, you are help, some of you are helping raise my kids. You've been in Sunday school with them. And so whether, whether you're in a family, the one you were born into or the one you chose, we are all part of a family today. So whether you um, have kids or not, we need you to learn some of these family principles because you're helping raise the next generation everywhere that you go
1: any of these perfect imperfect families in the bible you want yeah, to hit in? there any are of those?
0: a few there are, it was on my next page i was getting there oh no you're um,
1: how many pages of notes do you have don't
0: ask don't ask
1: so do there like, are there are what? a few
0: there are a few imperfect families in <laughs> yeah, the bible yeah come on there are a few i don't know if you've heard of adam and eve but their sons went ahead and introduced well adam and eve introduced disobedience which which their sons went ahead and followed and then they went ahead and introduced murder into the scene so i'd say they were kind of a dysfunctional family then we look at uh, Jacob and Esau. Father Abraham had many sons, right? Jacob and Esau—they're born, and they just start manipulate. Uh, Jacob manipulates Esau out of his birthright. There's there's deception and manipulation. I don't I don't know if you've ever had that in your family, but it happened back in the Bible. Uh, no hand raising. Uh, King David. King David. He introduced adultery into his family. Then he had these very rebellious kids. He had death in his family. So. We are not saying that all of a sudden, just today, there's uh, imperfect families. Imperfect families have been since the beginning.
1: Yeah, so good. And so we're going to talk about parenting a little bit. And here's the reality in here today is that Diane and I are not perfect parents because there are no perfect parents. Um, we are in a new season, by the way, moms and dads. It's, it's getting harder. Like I used to think t- when we had, remember when we had twins, like this is going to be so hard.
0: I remember when we had twins, we still have twins. We
1: still have them. I forgot we had them. <laughs> but moms and dads, we now have high schoolers. And middle schoolers and their influence of their friends and all these things going on. So there are no perfect there are no perfect parents. I want to help the parents out today. But I also want to let you guys know today there are no perfect kids. Can I get an Amen from all the kids?
0: Amen.
1: There are no perfect kids. Come amen on, say from amen. The parents.
0: amen. Yeah.
1: I want to read a passage of scripture to you today that I think can help all of us today. This is a parable, this is a parable that you guys have heard before. Um, but I think there's some principles that we can pull out of the parable. God puts these parables in the scriptures um, for us not to go, wow, that's a really cool story but for us to pull out some truths that we can apply in our family, and I think we're going to be able to do that today. Um, The Bible says in Luke chapter 15, verse 11, to illustrate the point even further, Jesus told the guys this story. There's a man who had two sons, and um, he's explaining the love of the father in that. That's what he said, illustrate this point further. He's trying to explain how much God loves us. So he says, hey, there's this man who had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons he's like I want my inheritance now first 13 a few days later this younger son packed up all of his belongings and moved to a distant land and there he wasted all of his money in wild living because he was too young to get the inheritance he went and got it and he wasted it about that time his money ran out a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve he persuaded he didn't know how to budget come on somebody he persuaded a local farmer to hire him and the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods that he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, it was really good at home, more good at, better at home than I actually thought it was. That's for the students in here today. At home, even the, even the hired servants have food enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger i will go home to my father and i say father i have sinned against both heaven and you he begins to write his apology letter and i am no longer worthy of being called your son so please take me on as a hired servant so he went home to his father and while he was still a long way off his father saw him coming because he was waiting for his son to come home he was filled with love and compassion like god has for you and i today he ran to his son which was not custom in this time in this time of scripture but he ran to his son he embraced his son he kissed his son His son said to him, Dad, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servant, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him, and get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet, and kill the calf that we have been fattening up. We must celebrate with the feast, for the son of mine who was dead has now returned to life, and he was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. I love this story. I'm not going to read the rest of that passage scripture today for sake of time, but it's a beautiful picture at the very end. I see some incredible things that happen just in that first chunk of the scripture. We have a son who runs away on his own doing. He disobeyed on his own doing, and he went away. He wasted his life away, and eventually he decides to come back, and the dad takes him back in and loves on him like any mom and dad or some moms and dads would do. And so I see three things from this text I think will help us You and I today as we parent, here's the first one. Your moms and dads, your kids need your attention. Your kids need your attention. You're like, no, they don't. Mom, 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 dad, dad, dad. I tell my kids, I heard you the first time. You do not got to keep, I I tell my kids in my house, quit saying your mom's name. I think in her subconscious she hears you. Like just start the sentence. Go. And now. But our kids, they need their attention. Uh, this, this son and the son and his dad, they had a full conversation together. The dad weighed out, He had a. I mean, think about. It, he waited. He's like, "Hey, son, this is not going to be good for you. But if you want this, you're probably going to waste the way. You probably will. But I want to encourage you today, moms and dads. Your kids, they need your full attention. They, they have their friends have their your, your kids and their friends or your friends' kids. They have their attention. Moms and dads, are here today? Your kid's cell phone. It has your kid's attention. Your teacher has their attention. Their coach is. Their coaches have their attention. But I want to encourage you today. They they need your attention. I told Hope the other day. This is a, a few months ago, and we were in the same room together. And I said, "Baby, sweetheart, I love you." But everybody gets more time to disciple you than we do. We only have them for a few hours a night, moms and dads. They need our attention. And I want to encourage the kids in here today, just really really quickly, that. Your mom and dad, part of the attention that they give you is discipline and boundaries. Yeah. But the boundaries are for your freedom, not for your not for you to be chained up. And here's one I, I read this this past week, Proverbs chapter thirteen verse one. God put some of my heart to share with you, young people today. But a wise child, they accept their parents' discipline. Some of you are going to make your kids memorize that tonight. A wise a wise child accept a parent's discipline, but a mocker, person who mocks that and they refuse to listen, they're they're in trouble. They're in bad shape. So I want to encourage you today, your kids need your attention.
0: Yes, and part of that I think attention equates to listening. We have to listen. Some of us like, okay, I'll just watch you, but they they really the attention when you listen to them and they know you're listening, that's when they really know they're getting your attention we have four kids if you don't know that already we have a 15 year old a 12 year old and then we have twins who are eight um, and they all need our attention and they all need boundaries but they don't all need the same ones at the same time until right now it's like three different levels actually with four kids every single kid is different I don't care if the twins are twins I can't parent Selah and Judah the same way I remember um, even growing up I grew up with four kids in my family and seeing things and being like well that's not fair you didn't do that to Dustin or you didn't do that to Danil or Derek and my dad would say well they're Different, and I knew you needed that. And now I'm under, hey, are we understanding things a lot better nowadays, parents? That our parents said, um, Our
1: parents might have been right. May- is what you're it's saying. possible, they might have yeah. been right
0: yeah um, and here I read this this week raising kids raising kids is similar to making a financial investment the earlier you start the better your return you will receive on the investment right come on Dave Ramsey people start start putting in now if we if you have young kids start now if you have older kids and you've missed some of these pivotal younger years it's not too late okay you're in church if your kids are in church you're in a good place but if you have kids that are that, that are ages zero to five man this is pivotal moments this is where you're going to lay the foundation. This is where you're going to start investing. And if you get the first the first five years right, it makes the next 13 to 14 so much easier. Um, and so I'm going to just going to break down these years real quick, okay? Number one is the discipline years, ages zero to five. The child's primary need during these years is control, that not control of you, okay? You need to have control of them. They need to learn that there are both boundaries and consequences, and these are the years where who is in control must be established, okay? Some of you, I've seen some of the three to five-year-olds, some of you, you need to listen in on this point, okay? You are in control, your child is not in control, and I would especially say ages two to five, when once they start talking, they start talking back really early, make sure they know who is in control. And the parent's primary responsibility is consistency. We've all heard consistency is key, right? Consistency and teaching. We need to have consistency in teaching our children who is in control, what the boundaries are, and shaping the foundation of their worldview. We can't change from one day or the other. One day they get in trouble, the next day they don't get in trouble. They know They know how you work. If you're tired, you still have to be consistent in in, um, setting the boundaries. And so that's uh, the discipline years. Next is the training years ages 5 to 12 your child's primary need during these years is gaining understanding they're still going to need discipline they're still going to need control they're still they need to know you're in control but hopefully by now they've kind of got that but they're still going to need boundaries but they need help they need gaining understanding to understand the why now behind the what 2 to 5 you don't really got to tell them why they can't touch fire just tell them not to touch fire okay but they're gonna say, "Hey, if you touch this fire, it's gonna melt your skin, and you're gonna have to go to the hospital." So we gotta, we gotta tell them why. They're becoming little people, and they don't. We can't just say, "I know, I've said it before. You've probably said it before, because I said so." Okay, that's not really the right that thing to our, do. That worked for our parents. It's so not really the right that? thing to do. You do you remember
1: that when they said that we actually believed yes, them? Yes, yes, do that.
0: then you just kept. The question comes back though. So we gotta answer the why. The child's primary need is gaining understanding. Um, and also in these years, one thing that I think is pivotal, I had a a mentor. I I always try to find someone who's ahead of me in my kids' years and try to ask them. And one mom said, let them ask you, make sure they know they can ask you anything they want to ask you. And even if it's scary, and I, uh, one of my children, um, she, she, I gave it away. (laughs) Whoops. Fifth grade. She was in fifth grade. It's hope. Sorry. Uh, she, I think
1: she's serving somewhere. She so was in fifth matter. grade.
0: And uh, fifth grade, she's at a private school. And I remember she was in the car when she's like, hey, I need to talk to you about something. And I, as soon as she said that, I remember that other mom saying, when they say these things, don't react. Just keep a calm face. I'm like, okay, sure. What, what's going on? I need to tell you. I just need to ask you a question. Long story short, she's like, "She back at, oh, I'm not sure. And I'm like, Are you sh- it's okay. You can ask me. She's like, do you? There was a girl in my class, and she was smoking. And we don't judge her, right? I'm like, no, we don't judge her. We love her. We pray for her. And she says, do you know what she was smoking, Mom? And I said, no. She said, weeds. She was smoking weeds.
1: Which I was thinking, who hasn't taken grass and tried to smoke it before? Like the little leaves of grass. Doesn't every kid do that?
0: But she literally, she had no clue. She had no clue what that was. And I, here I am about to cry, like, why am I having to talk about this to my fifth grader? But I didn't react. And, and I really feel like that set the, the stage for now into these years. We still have conversations in the car where I'm like, is there anything you want to ask me? Anything that you heard that you're not sure what that means? Let you, if they don't ask you and you won't answer, they're gonna ask somebody else. Okay, and so if you want them to get the right answer, which you should be honest with them. Don't don't just give them a, a muffled truth. Like be honest with them. Make sure they can handle it. But make sure that you you set. Um, Set a platform that they can ask you any question ages, starting in ages 5 to 12. And then the parent's primary responsibility is you're going to continue to shape their worldview through teaching and training and questions and answers. And hopefully applying faith to, and truth to their real life. Situations And church is a great partner for helping shape their worldview. Next is the coaching years, ages 12 to 18. A child's primary need is loving guidance. By this time, you're, you're just kind of coaching. I'm like a coach on the field, but you're right there with them, showing them um, loving guidance. Um, let's see, what else did I say here? Um, and then the parent's primary responsibility is practical practice. Give them a chance to fail give them a chance to get out there and try something the things that you've taught them and let them let them try it and see if they fail during these, uh, during these years, especially the end of this, like the 12 to 15 and 16, 17, 18, um, make sure that you're always keeping the conversation going because I can attest they don't always want to talk to you the older they get or they have way other, they're in, they're in sports practice or they're in a play or they're here working and there's not as much time with you. Sometimes I've got to pry conversations out. I've resorted, this is how bad it gets Sometimes. I've resorted to Pinterest, and I'm like, what to ask your teenage daughter? What to ask your 8-year-old? Does that work? It's sometimes. Right. Um, but, like, just whatever you have to do. If I'm ever with four kids, it's hard to get one-on-one time. But if I'm ever in the car by myself with them, I really, really try to, to keep a conversation going. And so, parents, your primary responsibility is practical practice. You've trained them. Um, there should still be some control, but a little, a little less and let them go try some things. But again, they have to know that they have to earn and and your trust. And if they break trust, we've dealt with that too. If they break trust, they've got to build it back because it all go back, goes back to the beginning that you are still in control. You are still the parent. And then last is the friendship years, the adult years. We're not there yet. Some of you, you're living in the glory days. Um, the, here's the deal. Some of you parents need to hear this with adult kids. Your child's primary need as an adult is they need some space. Some of you need to give your kids a little bit more space. They need to be allowed to experience their independence by making their own decisions. You can you can give them guidance and choices, but but just say, hey, here's here's some options, but you have to make your decision. Because if you always make their decision and you're not there one day, you're gonna cripple them. And then last, the parents' primary responsibility is support. So the child needs space, and the parents you just need to be there to support them. But if you've done the the different stages and you've instilled a worldview in them, the Bible says. Um, um, what's the verse about, yes, train them in the way they will go and they will not depart from it. And so I don't know where your children are at now, but if you start young, um, you have to leave it to God once they get to be adults. So your kids need you to listen to them.
1: Yeah, um, God put this message on my heart, This, well, these three main points, these three different areas a few weeks ago. And it's probably because I spent so much time with our youth group. And so I'm seeing things that I don't that don't that don't excite me, that, that that bother me, that frustrate me. It's a holy it's a holy discontent. And they get in my system and I'm like, I gotta share these. And so I wrote this message before I wrote my message I preached last week. And so my my eight year old got in my car yesterday and said, Dad, I gotta ask you a question and it's kind of embarrassing and I don't know, you know, whatever. And he says, if a if a if a man is married to a man, then how can they have a baby? And so I share it with you to say this. We have the conversation, but I just, I get busy and you get busy. If they don't have your attention, they're going to ask that question to their friends. And so we got to put our cell phones down and we have to be, a, we have to pay them, we have to pay them some attention yeah. and they need it so bad. I see it all the time. And so I have a hundred stories, not just with my kids. A lot of this is, is written from things I'm seeing in my own youth, in our in our, in this church's youth group, your kids need attention. Your kids need affection. The dad runs up to the kid, he comes home, and he hugs him, and he kisses him. Moms and dads, your kids need your affection. Yeah. If they don't get affection from you, they're going to get affection from somebody else. I try to hug. I don't hug as much as Chris Schistler does, but I try to hug better. These young men and, and some of these young girls in our church, it, I hear a lot even with some of our younger staff, hey, I love you. Hey, I love you, bro. And they'll sit to me and say, "Hey, I love you." They—they they need a—we they, got to show them what healthy affection looks like. And so when I see a lot of these young students, "Hey, I love you," I'm so glad you're here. And I try to hug all these young people. My dad kisses me on the cheek. Sometimes he try to kiss me on the lip. It's awkward for everyone around. But my whole life, my whole life, my mom and dad have 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 touched us, physically touched us, and embraced us. And that should not be a foreign concept. Sometimes I hug some of you dudes, and it's so awkward for you, and you're like. I had I had a, I was in a freedom I was in freedom my second or third time, and a guy said um, one of the guys in the group, he said um, my dad has never told me he loves me, and he said my dad's the pa- has been my pastor my whole entire life. Isn't that sad? They need they need affection, they need affection. Um, if not, they'll get it from somewhere else. When moms and dads, we all need affection. I heard some of the boys this week a few weeks ago to one of our counselors hey dad calling one of our leaders hey, hey dad because we we're trying to show these young people these young these young men and young women affection that communicates something to them they need our attention uh, they need affection when there's affection guys from you there's better communication the study that uh, we read there's better communication there's higher self-esteem and there's better social interaction when a child knows that he has our love and support he feels that he or she feels like they can take on the world and so we can help them they need our attention. And they need our affection
0: yeah and so there's five love languages we all know that uh that we have one but there's five lo- love languages in kids and here's what they look like the first one is cuddle me chase me that's one's touch right do you have a kid who's i have one kid who's always like i just need a hug like literally 10 as soon as they come home from school mom i just need a hug if i come home later than him oh i just i've missed your hug and so um cuddle me With chase one me kid,
1: you can like leave the room and come back and be like hey i need another hug yes like, that was like 30 seconds Yes, ago. yes,
0: yes. <laughs> Um, And so maybe your child is the cuddle me, chase me. If they're always all up in your space, your kid probably is asking for physical touch. That's how they're gonna get, that's how they're gonna know that you love them. And so snuggle on the couch with them. I know that takes time. And when you're snuggling, put your phone down because it doesn't mean the same when your phone's in your lap. Um, That goes for husbands and wives too, just FYI. Um, Ask your kid, hey, come sit with me. Give them, you know, rub their back, play with their hair. All of those things are, are good for your kid who is the cuddle me, chase me kid. Don't, uh, as they get older, don't don't slack off from it. I know there's less time, but dads, maybe your girls are getting older. You're like, oh, I don't want to be awkward and weird. Well, hug them. Set the precedent. I'm gonna hu- we're gonna have a good morning hug and a good night hug. And listen, I, as much as I hate to say this, there's also bad physical touch. And so if you, don't ever abuse physical touch with your kids. And kids, I had a I had a grown one of my grown. Um, well, she was my college friend, and then years later, she realized she didn't know it as a kid because there probably wasn't conversations going years later she says yeah. did i ever tell you that i was my grandpa touched me one time that that is not appropriate physical touch your your doctors teach your kids every time they go okay the doctor's here I'm looking because mommy's in the room I'm doing this that is the only time it's appropriate so I just wanted to just say that because I think that in our world today it's not said enough and there's a lot of kids who are hurting and a lot of parents who are abusing um, your privilege as a parent and so um, so physical touch next is presence please presents, please. Can I get another present? And so your kid maybe wants gifts. This, if your kid, um, kids who like gifts, they like even care about what it's wrapped in. And usually they remember they have these, like, have you ever, has your kid had like a rock in the room and you're like, can we throw this away? They're like, no, so-and-so gave this to me on this day when this happened. Like they know if they're gifts, they know. Next is talk to me. Again, they need your attention. Some of your kids, they just want words of affirmation. And so Tell them how good they're doing. Brag on them in front of other people. And then uh, you do it for me. Some of them just want acts of service. You can't do their homework for them, okay? But they might want your help.
1: That's for some mom. They out
0: there. might want your help in that. And so help them rock alongside them and last is come here look at this your kid just wants wants to be with you they wanna they wanna show you they want to play basketball with you and so tap into your kids love language they're all different I can't love Sela the same way I love hope and so tap into your, your kids love language
1: here's the third one your kids need affirmation they need affirmation they have to have affirmation I'm always trying to encourage our team encourage my kids. Hey, I'm so proud of you. Hey, I love that. They need to hear that. We're Moms and dads, we're really good at coming down on them, but are we just as good as affirming them? Yeah. Hey, I'm so proud of you. Hey, let me share. Let me retweet their post, share their post. I'm always trying to make sure that I affirm. I tell all these young people in our church, and I even tell some of you guys, some of you adults, hey, I'm really, I tell Karen today, I'm so glad you're here today. We have to affirm them. The world is tearing them down all day. Their phones that are discipling them on social media is telling them that they're not good enough. Probably the majority of what they hear is is that they're not good enough. And so we have to overdrive this thing in affirmation. I'm trying to tell as many people as I can that I'm so proud of them. One of our core values here is we are encouragers. I want to affirm went to from the world is telling them and the enemy is telling them because they have a self-talk the enemy is telling them that they're a failure the enemy is telling them that they're a failure what are you telling them they make mistakes but they're not a mistake i I love this book i've bought two of these books um, that peyton wrote if you could it's, it's entitled if you could only if you only knew what failure could do and moms and dads, the reason why I use this as an illustration today is because I want to affirm the young leaders in our voices and in our church. And I want to affirm her. And I want her to know, man, listen, we're, we're, dude, we're, we're for you. We're for what you're doing. And one of the reasons why I like this book so much, too, is because it lets, it, I, I've used it so much as an illustration recently, because it lets people know that they literally can do anything that they will put their mind to. And I want to train that in the next generation. I love the opportunity that Dinah's giving these young worship leaders in our church. It's letting them know, hey, you can do this. Like you have, there's a, there's a seat at our table. You don't have to wait till you get old to be a leader at this church. You can you can have a seat right now. And so you can. We've all failed. The, the world's something that failed, but it can teach you something. I could ask in the room here today, anybody ever learned something from failure? We all would raise our hand. Failure is not getting knocked down. Failure is not getting back up. And so I just want to encourage you today that, man, number one, buy this book. I know you're probably thinking, he's mentioned it. Does he get royalties? And the answer to that question is, is, I'm not sure yet. I don't. My pastor friend of mine in Miami bought this book and said, bro, that was a really good book. I read that to my grandkids. And I think this is a message that the generation needs. It, it, this is a, it's a now moment. It's a, it's a Kairos moment in, in the church. And I want to get this around the world. And so I believe in it because failure can teach you so much. Failure in our world fail when kids are, when our kids fail in our culture today, they have to stay down. But this book says you can get up you can learn and you can you can overcome. And so I want to encourage you, your kids, your kids need affirmation. Yeah. I've, preach this next point. Like pre- like okay. you've got a moment, like preach this one, all right?
0: Listen, I was mentioning it earlier, but I've never heard the term mental health used more than in our world today. I I don't even know that I knew what anxiety was as a kid, but I've heard all of my kids use the word anxiety. And so I think if we are encouraging our kids, if they if they can get encouragement at home, I think it 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 can help maybe curb some of this mental health that's happening. And so I just wanted to, I found some some affirmations that we can say over our kids and we can put some truth behind them, okay? We need to put some scripture behind them. But uh, you can tell your kid, hey, honey, you can do hard things. You know why you can do hard things? Because Philippians 4.13 says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Hey, honey, hey, son, you're worthy of love. I don't care what that girl or that boy said at school. You're worthy of love because John. 316 says, God loved you so much that he sent his son for you. So you are so worthy of love. Hey, baby, you're safe. You are safe because Psalms 118.6 says, the Lord is for you. And so you will have no fear. Come on. You will have no fear. What can people do to me? Come on. You, baby, you don't think you're enough? you are enough say it with me I am enough because yeah. Psalms 23 says the Lord is my shepherd he is all that I need you- Baby, you are beautiful. Come on, you are beautiful because Psalms one thirty nine says that I I formed you in your mother's being. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. You don't know what you're going to do with your life. You don't think God can do anything with you. God has great plans for you, son or daughter. Because Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says He already knows the plans He has for you. He's going to prosper you. you. You don't think you matter matter because Isaiah 43, 4 says, since you were precious in my sight, you have been honored and I have loved you. Maybe you are chosen, say, I am chosen. I am chosen because John fifteen sixteen says, you didn't choose me, I chose you. You are chosen. You may not be chosen into the family that you're in, but God chose you. Your kids need to be reminded of these truths. Your kids need to be reminded of these, these truths and these affirmations that they can do hard things that God has a plan for their life. Some of the we need to put these in the car. Hey, how many of you have some really great intentions, but you don't get to them all the time? I remember going to a message one time and the, the guy said, my mom prayed over me every morning, this blessing. And so for a couple weeks, I prayed over my kids every morning in the car. And, and then Satan gets me, ah, you quit. Don't do it again. Listen, I'm gonna pick up those prayers again this week. I'm gonna pick up, I'm gonna print these affirmations. If you want me to copy and paste these to you, put these on the mirror as you walk out the door make them say it with you they're gonna roll their eyes mom really we're doing this again but if you be consistent with it they're gonna start saying I'm with you they're gonna memorize them. come on let's stand together I want us to have a time of prayer over our families in this place today because I believe that prayer is important and so I want you to if you want to pray in your seat if you want to come to the altar but I want us to pray over our families this morning I want you to pray over your family. I want you to call out each child in your family by name. Maybe you're a grandma or a grandpa or an uncle or an aunt in here today. Let's pray over these kids. Let's pray that God would use us in their lives. So if you want to come to the front and pray, if you want to pray in your seats, but can I just encourage you to huddle up with your family this morning and have a time of prayer over each other as I pray over you today. God, we love you. God, you showed us what a parent's love should look like. And so, God, we turn to that this morning, God. God, would we have patience with our kids? God, would we love them the way you love us, God, unconditionally? God, I pray that you would be with Selah and Judah and Trip and Hope. God, I pray that you would raise them to be men and women of God. God, I pray that for every single child, family that's represented in this room. God, that you would raise up some world changers. God, that you would help them to know that they are fearfully and wonderfully made. And that, God, the parents that are in control of these kids on this earth, God, that you've put them in their life for a reason. God, help them to step up to the plate. God, help them to pour into your word so that your word will pour out of them over their kids. We pray this as a church, God. We declare, God, that there will be change in our families. God, because we show them affection. God, because we give them attention. God, because we give them affirmation, because that is what you did for us. And so we just want to model that. God, would you be with us as we go out of here this week? God, would you strengthen our families? Would you strengthen our marriages? Because I believe that is what's going to strengthen the church, and that's what what is going to help change the world. We love you, God. We worship you. We thank you for this word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church. Can you say amen this morning? Thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to know more about Hope Church, please feel free to visit us at Hopewinnergarden.com or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Winter Garden. We hope you have a blessed day.